today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Well, the uh, the good old hockey game was not so good last night. Well, it was a good, it was, it was a good game, I, I guess. But, you know, it's never good when your side loses. Uh, the United States are the world junior hockey champions uh, once again. Uh, they won on a shootout last night, of course, at the Bell Centre of Montreal. Much to the chagrin of uh, Canadian fans, uh, not just in the arena, but we're watching right across the country. Uh, it looked pretty good a couple of different times. Uh, they had a couple of two-goal leads. To talk about this, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Howard Berger, longtime Leaf reporter, and of course his blogger, Between the Posts, is a must-read for uh, hockey fans everywhere. Uh, Howard, great to have you with us again. Happy New Year. Good to be, uh, be talking with you again. Yeah, hi, Bill. How you doing? I almost forgot what your voice sounded like. No, not really. I, I do listen, even when I'm not on. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Uh, well, a lot of people bleary-eyed here today because they stayed up late for the whole shooting match last night, literally shooting match. Let me let me get this out of the way first, Howard, before we start talking about the game itself. Uh, your thoughts on settling championships with with shootouts? Because I'm watching a lot of social media response to this this morning. Said shouldn't have ended that way. They should have just played hockey until somebody won. Well, I, I think you know, and, and you, you look back about a month ago to that uh, soccer final at uh, BMO Field that the Toronto FC was involved in. That went on all night too. Well. <laughs> and yeah, and and there was the same response after that on social media with you know in toronto and ontario and across really the the country uh i don't particularly approve of it either um and yet i think in that case and in this case from last night bill there'd be a heck of a lot less opposition uh, to the shootout if canada wins suddenly they're saying hey we won and all that and, and you know there, there might be the but or the but still it could have been done you know the right way or the uh, you know the proper way while playing five on five and continuing until somebody scores like in the NHL. Um, but I, I think the opposition to it is largely as a result of the result of how it ended. And in, in both cases that I've cited here, you know the bad guys, quote unquote, ended up winning. That said, I agree with you. And and uh, um, the shootout was that novel concept coming out of the in in North American hockey was that novel concept coming out of the lost NHL season of 2004-05. Yeah. It was kind of a gift to the fans. And I think now that they've tried some different overtime um, uh, techniques, that I think they uh, that. There's less. Um, well, there's certainly more opposition to it. Whether the governors of the NHL feel that way uh, is a different story. Because ultimately, if it's going to be removed from the National Hockey League, they're the ones that's going to uh, that are going to make that decision. But uh, everybody knew the rules of this tournament coming in, and uh, the World Junior Tournament that if there was no score after a regulation 20-minute overtime, it was going to be settled. Uh, by a shootout. It didn't take anyone by surprise. I don't like it, but you know, by the same token, I think it has to be accepted because it wasn't something that was made up on the fly. What made this especially difficult to, to take was the wondrous 20 minutes of overtime. That's the most exciting um, overtime period of five-on-five five with no goals that I can remember at any level of hockey. I mean, it's just, uh, I think Bob McKenzie last night uh, equated it to a, uh, you know, a heavyweight uh, boxing match where, you know, each, each of the fighters uh, dominates for a couple of minutes and then the other guy comes off the ropes and he dominates. I mean, the whole game was like that. So it's unfortunate that that is the rule, but until it's changed, we have to accept it. You know, and, and I'm glad you used the analogy, by the way, of the Toronto FC game, because I think there's another uh, uh, parallel to, to, to the two instances. Uh, because I felt, uh, as watching that game, that, that Toronto FC outplayed uh, Seattle in, in not yeah. just in the regulation time, but even in, in the extra time. 
Uh, and, and I thought, well, don't settle this with kicks. Let's just keep playing. And, and I thought on balance, I thought Canada played the United States. I mean, the States scored in, in spurts. You know, they got those two goals to tie it at the end of the game in, in, in just in a couple of minutes. But I, I, And even in the overtime, I thought Canada played them by and large. And, and the, maybe that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are feeling a little upset about this, thinking, you know what, in, in, in the course of time, they probably would have won it if they just continued to play. Mind you, having said yeah. that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Tyler Parsons, the American goalie, had something to say about it, too. Well, and, and I think it's also uh, you know, fair to remember, uh, Bill, that the United States was the only undefeated team in this tournament and did beat Canada in the round robin as yep. well. So you, know, the, you can't say the, the, the States is an undeserving winner of this or that they stole the tournament or something. And this is the best team record-wise uh, through the entire event. But going back to your original premise about soccer, I understand the shootout in soccer because, you know, a, a game can last for a week and a half. I mean, people have to go to bed and get up and uh, go to work the next day, and the game could still be on. You know, I mean, just, there was no goal scored in, uh, uh, in regulation during that MLS championship. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't think Seattle had a shot at the goal throughout that uh, 90 minutes of regulation play. So I understand it in soccer because, I mean, the game literally can go all night without a goal. <clears throat> in hockey, excuse me, yeah, particularly with the NHL's new three-on-three format, you're going to get a goal. Uh, it, it, chances of someone scoring uh, is is so so much more increased over the soccer analogy that you know it would have been okay last night to see them. And even at five on five, Bill, I mean, somebody says, "Well, you need three on three and all the open ice in order for there to be scoring chances." Well, there that theory was debunked last night for 20 minutes uh, in overtime. I know it's junior versus pros, but it's all relative. They're playing, <clears throat> you know, one another at the same level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that it has to end and be decided. And people call it a skills competition, but if you look at some of these shooters, they look, I mean, they, they look almost inebriated when they come in on goal because they're thinking too much. They're not reacting. These are the best players in the world, and they're reactive. And suddenly now you've got to think about the goalie and what move am I going to make. And so they don't look very good. Plus, I think it puts way too much pressure on the goalies themselves, as if there isn't enough from minute one to minute 60 in regulation, suddenly now the goalie has to you know, be the one uh, uh, to, d- to decide the outcome, essentially. And, uh, and I just, it's, it's not a fair uh, system for the fans. It's not a fair system for the players. And I think as time goes on, it will be filtered out. I, think, I don't know if they'll just get rid of it, Bill, but I think you know, one league or one uh, um, part of the sport will say, okay, enough, and then others will follow. Because it's, uh, it's it really, it's, uh, they, they said it last night again on TSN, even in the intermission, I think James Duffy said, darn, now we have to settle this with shootouts. And of course, he wasn't referring to darn Canada's going to lose, but just we can't see more of what we've just seen in the 20 minutes of overtime. So, you know, there, there are ways of doing this. I mean, even in the NHL, you know, they're playing three on three for five minutes now, and then they go to shootouts. I don't know if television has something to do with it. I think it does. Oh, sure it does, yeah. There are other commitments. You can't play all night like you know in the playoffs. But why not play two five-minute periods of three-on-three? And the goalies switch ends after five minutes, and if they can't score in two five-minute periods and ten minutes of three-on-three, shake hands and call it a draw. For 85 years, the National Hockey League had ties, and I don't remember anybody burning down buildings or threatening to commit suicide, and I don't—I shouldn't say that because I don't I never minimize something like that. But no one was going crazy because there were ties in the NHL. And if you can't pl- score a goal after ten minutes of three-on-three, put a tie back into the game 
and don't worry about the shootout. I don't think there's anything unfair about that. Well, it did a couple of things back in the day, and you know we're old enough to remember back in the day. Uh, it, it made playoffs that much more significant because there was overtime, and there were some very dramatic overtime goals. I remember yeah. Bob Pulford scoring against Gump Worsley in, in, oh, yeah. in Maple Leaf Gardens. That was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and on and on it goes, and some great things like that. But here's, here's what I don't like about the shootout, and, and you just touched on something a second ago that I, I referred to as I watched uh, both the semifinal games and, of course, the championship last night. It's not a true breakaway. It's, it's as you say, they're going down to less than half speed right now. The, the, the whole drama of a breakaway, and I, I played goaltender right up until college, and then obviously my ability or lack thereof caught up with me. But, I mean, I, I always thought the goaltender had the advantage in a breakaway because that guy's going full speed. He knows somebody's coming up behind him. He's got to think fast and make a move. And I figure I'm just going to watch and see what he's going to do. In this scenario, these guys are slowing down to about two miles an hour, Howard, and the goaltender's waiting, 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 waiting. Well, that's not that's not hockey. You know, if you want to make this a true, you know, dramatic moment, let this guy start at center ice, but have the have a defenseman start at the other blue line and say, "All right, you better shoot because that guy's going to catch up to you." That would put a lot more drama in it. Well, the least they should do, and you made a very good point, Bill. And I've said it. I watched games with my son. I said, you know, look what he just did. He stopped basically on a dime. When he's going in circles, like doing like figure eights almost from side to side, you know, you would never do that if you had a breakaway during a game because you get caught from behind and you know six guys would jump on you and knock you out of the way. So you're right; that doesn't resemble anything uh, that uh, you know that, that you would do in a breakaway during uh, during a game, or you know, even back in the day when two penalty shots used to be called a season. You know, and the guy that even then it was okay because it was so novel that uh, you know you never had time to think about it. You you never anticipated that there was going to be a penalty shot. You know, like you do today, uh, if, if the game is tied after uh, after the, the the overtime session. So it's uh, it's you know, and, and Wayne Gretzky said something interesting in, in the in the book that uh, he wrote that's out now, uh, the ninety nine stories of the game. He said when you when you're in a game and you have a breakaway you're thinking about the net or you're looking at the net. In other words, you're thinking about whatever, um, uh, you know, open area you might be able to find it's spontaneous with the puck. When you're in a shootout, you're thinking about the goalie. And, and you know, and, and, and that's maybe that there's, there's a subtle difference in there because the goalie and the net are one of the same, um, most would think. But it's very true, and, and, and the, the one thing about hockey, which is still the fastest game, because it's played on ice, obviously, it's still the fastest of all the games in terms of motion back and forth and side to side, hockey is the most reactive sport, okay? And, you know, baseball, yeah, I love baseball, but you stand there and you, you, know, and you have 10, 15, 20 seconds to try and guess what pitch is coming your way. Um, basketball is very quick as well and, and very artistic. Football, you know, there's 45 seconds between plays, and the defensive coordinator makes a call based on what he thinks the offensive coordinator is calling for the other team. So, you know, it's wonderful to watch, but but in terms of pure reaction, you know, to what happens from one second to the next, there's nothing that equals hockey, in my opinion. And when you take the reaction or the reactive process out of the game, then you're you're going against everything that it stands for. What's and hockey known what as, Howard? What's it's known as the world's fastest game. Yeah, that's well, it's that's it's not it's when they're doing the shootout. It's not no, the fastest not. game. And, and, and you're taking the reactive the reaction process out of it. So you're really, I said, you're going against everything that the game stands for. And I think over time, 
this will be uh, uh, this will be taken out of the game, and they'll find other ways of settling it. And if they don't, then I think again a tie will come back, and and nobody will be too uh, disappointed. Because I, I love, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the breakaway, and I, I don't mean the penalty, you know, that just the way these guys do this. But yeah, I mean, the breakaway yeah. was one of the most exciting moments in all of sports. Sure. You know, somebody breaking down there. They finally said there's no defenseman there. They're going at top speed, uh, and they're looking. You know, they're trying to find the top corner, and then of course all of a sudden Johnny Bauer would shoot the stick out and knock the puck off their yeah. stick. I mean, it was always one of the the great and plays of hockey. Bill. Yeah. Even though, even though you may have an extra t- second or two to think because you're in all alone, you don't have time to, to, to plan what you're going to do like these guys do now. Okay, uh, you know, based on this goalie, I'm going to try this move. And, you know, how many times even last night, the last shooter for Canada, I forget who it was, was it Roy? He lost the puck, basically. He yeah. did what Brendan Shanahan did when he was playing with Team Canada in Nagano. He was the last shooter on, uh, on um, uh, Dominic Hoshek yep. in that in that first time that the NHL players went to the Olympics, I was privileged enough to be there covering it. And uh, the semifinal game, Canada versus Czech Republic, went to shootouts. And of course, Wayne Gretzky famously was left was on left the off by, the list yeah. by, by Mark Crawford. But Brendan Shanahan, uh, the Leafs president now, he was the last shooter. And and, and I mean, he looked so psyched out as most would be by Dominic Hasek, who wasn't allowing a pee past him in that uh, tournament. That he just. You know, he uh, if, if, go on YouTube, and you'll see he tried to make a deke, and he just he lost the puck. He never even got a shot off. And the same thing happened last night to the final shooter of Canada. He just he was finally in so close, he just lost the puck. So, you know, is it a skills competition? There certainly isn't a lot of artistry. There was at the beginning when guys were you know trying to flip the puck through their legs and doing the silly spinoramas that they you know that they outlawed rightly, even though it was entertaining. But now it's, uh, it, I don't see any real skill in that competition. Most of the time, a player takes a shot, hits a goalie in the crest, or the goalie makes a routine glove save, or sometimes you just lose the puck altogether. So if that's a skills competition, it doesn't resemble the skill that I watch in hockey during regulation time. I watched the shootout in the, in the semifinal game, of course, uh, between uh, uh, the, the Russian the game was, was incredible, uh, and, and, of course, the Swedes were the, the victors in that. Uh, <laughs> There's, there was a common ailment as, as somebody who played goaltender for a long time. A uh, lot of goals in the five hole, Howard. I, uh, these, these kids, the guys, uh, there's a couple of things they still have to learn, I guess, before they start to graduate up into the pro ranks, because uh, that seemed to be the favorite shot of, of just about everybody in, in, whenever there was an yeah. opportunity. Well, the, the kid for the U.S., Terry, who scored the only goal last night uh, <clears throat> in the shootout and had three goals the day before, he went five-hole on all four. Every one of them, yeah. Yeah, every one of them. I mean, it's all, it's, there's, there's his nickname. He'll be called Five-Hole Terry for the rest of his <laughs> life. But, uh, yeah, you know, and, and, that's, uh, and, and there's some skill to that. There really is. Um, not only from the shooter standpoint, because it's really a timing thing. I mean, the goalie doesn't open his legs wide and say, okay, fire. I mean, you've got to really time it properly to get it between the pads. And, and the goalie has to learn, and you won't stay in the National Hockey League long if, if you don't keep the paddle along the ice, because that takes away the five-hole. Um, Ed Belfort was the best NHL goalie I ever saw at that. I, I, I was going to mention Curtis Joseph. I thought he, Cujo he was, also, was pretty good I mean, at it, too. He was good, too. But, you know, the, the best goalies are the guys that know, okay, I, I, I may, especially playing the butterfly style, where there's going to be room between the pads, I may have room between my uh, uh, my equipment, but I'm going to keep the paddle down so they're not going to slide the puck on the ice. I think all of Terry's goals were on the ice. You know, They didn't go an inch off the ice. So uh, there's a skill involved in that uh, as well. So, you know, again, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, last night you watch 20 minutes of terrific overtime. And, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know if TV comes into it because uh, uh, I'm sure the television has part of that decision that you can't have games all night. But the NHL has proven 
since 2005, Bill, and, you know, that it is showing what it really thinks of the shootout and of playing less than five-on-five in overtime when they scrap both of them for the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, which is the most important time of the year. And the playoffs now are like they were back in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. You play five-on-five, and if you have to play all night, you play all night until somebody scores. So um, it's a gimmick. There's no doubt about it, and I don't know that it's necessary anymore. Well, I I agree with you totally. And that's how the the, the legends of the Mud Brunitos and and others were born, because of those late-night games. And I kind of like to get back to that sense of drama. Listen, i got about a minute and a half left here. Evaluate this team, Howard. How, How good were they? Because uh, there was an expectation that these guys were going to make it to the final. That looked a little shaky as this tournament wore on. Uh, but they got there and, and just seemed to fall short. But there's a lot of talent, I thought, on this team. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it's not quite the team uh, of two years ago. Um, you know, when you had uh, McDavid and, and, you know, Max Domi was playing on that team. And uh, Marner, I think, was on that team. So they didn't quite the, the star power of two years ago. But obviously it was better than last year's team, which didn't do anything at the tournament, and, you know, uh, listen, you know, if you're an American right now, you're probably saying, Canada should win that tournament. I mean, it's made to order. It's in your country. You know, you have 21,000 of your fans, basically, <clears throat> in the building. You know, I mean, it's a home game for you. You should win. It's, it's, it's made to win, but the, the, the competition is so good uh, that it doesn't, it doesn't turn out that way. And you know what? This used to be a, a bit of a joke, this event, because back in the 90s, Canada was winning six, seven gold medals in a row. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, at that point, it, it almost uh, the novelty wore off. So it's good now. Canada's only won, I think, one gold medal in the past eight tournaments. You know, you may say it's a failure on Canada's part. I say it's, it's a, a show of success by other countries around the world and how good, uh, uh, you know, how, how wonderful hockey uh, has become. And, uh, that, you know, that's the way I look at it. But you look at that Kit Parsons uh, last night. It's funny, an American was playing goal for Canada, a guy that plays for an American uh, team. Uh, Carter Hart plays for Everett in the Western League. And Adam Parsons, playing for London in Canada, plays goal for the American yeah. team. But, uh, you know, you look at that London junior program with Parsons and how they've churned them out over the years with uh, Domi and Horvat and Marner and Christian Dvorak and Kadri and Patrick Kane and, and Corey Perry and even going back in the day to Daryl Sidler and Brendan Shanahan and, and Dino Cicerelli. I mean, that, that, that program is... Well, we, we were just remarking back in the day yeah. when uh, the Fin Cups were the junior A team here in Hamilton yeah. and, and, yeah. and London was their, their arch enemy then. And you had Pat Riggin in goal and you had uh, uh, some incredible hockey players, uh, Rob Ramage and others that played oh, on that London Knights. The, the, the Knights have always had a Dennis Marouk, lots of great Absolutely. hockey players. But, but as I watched the Hunter the, era, in yeah. the Hunter era in particular, they, yeah. they've always been at or near the top, and you can see why by the players they churn out. But but as I watch some of the heights, about a minute left here, uh, and in, and you look and there's the Brad Marchands and there's Tavares and there's Stamp, you know some of the guys that score goals yeah. and pass the, and I'm thinking, now of course we didn't know those guys were going to well I guess we kind of did with Tavares and some of those guys that the dudes guys were going to be superstars when they turn pro as well. Is is there one guy out there that on the Canadian team that you say yeah that's a can't miss this guy's going to be a star in the NHL? I love what Barzell did in the tournament, and, I, and, and that line of Barzell, uh, Joseph, and Wah, I mean, was, was terrific. But nobody stands out to me like <clears throat> they did two years ago when you saw yeah. Domi and Marner. You know, Matthews was on the American team, and you saw, um, uh, you know, the, the players of that caliber. Two yeah, years that Matthews David, kid turned out all right, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I did. But, <laughs> you know, McDavid was on that Canadian team. So, no, no one really stands out to me here, but I don't think that matters. I mean, whatever the... the, the the case is moving forward with these guys. They molded together as a team, 
you know, late in that tournament and played tremendous hockey last night. And, uh, and yet I still say the best team in the tournament from day one won the event. Howard Berger, uh, check out the blog. It's called Between the Posts. I read it every uh, time you put it out there. Howard, really appreciate the time. We'll talk again soon. Okay, Bill. Thanks. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.